the terminology, the rows and columns, the crunching of numbers. You either love spreadsheets and financials or you hate them. There's rarely anyone in between those extremes. Today, we're going to do a shallow dive into financials and explain cost of goods sold expenses. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Few things in business are more avoided than financials, but it's absolutely critical that we understand them if we're going to build a business of any size. And I would say the degree to which we are a business owner or an employee in our own business, our own company, could arguably be tied directly to our comprehension of our P&L, our profit and loss statement. Meaning, the more you understand your financials, the more you dive in and, and use these, this tool, your profit and loss statement, to make decisions, the more likely I would say you're operating as a business owner and, you, and you're building something that will give you freedom. The less you use this profit and loss statement to make decisions, the more likely you are to remain an employee in your own company. Now, I don't mean that in a condescending, negative pejorative way like you should be doing something different i you should build the business you want you should you should build the life you want i will say though that that people who it's maybe uh, uh correlation is not causation right people who tend to feel like they're employees in their company in my experience have a less have less comprehension of the financials and use them as tools to make decision less people who feel more like a business owner use the profit and loss statement to make decisions and they use this tool more. I'm not saying one causes the other. I'm just saying that there is that correlation. And I do think there is a bit of causation because if you don't know how to use this tool, which is vital, you kind of default to what you know, which is, which is doing the revenue producing task. This is one of those skills that you have to learn to become a business owner and not the electrician, not the roofer, not the, the carpet cleaning person. This is one of those tools that is absolutely critical to bridge that gap between I know my craft and my trade and I know how to run a business. Those are very different skills and they require very different uh, abilities and, and you have different priorities. And, you, and you, this is one of those things we have to learn. So I would just encourage you to understand that the degree to which you are an employee in your own company and the degree to which your business owns you I do think there's some some causation here in in people not understanding their financials and not using this tool. So today, I'm only going to talk to you, business owners in service industries. I'm not going to get into how things work in product-based businesses because it's a little different. And it's just going to be confusing, especially in an audio-only format where I can't really show you things. But I want you to know there's good news. You will one day get this stuff. If you feel like you're struggling with this, 
you will, I promise you, you will one day get it and you will be able to use it to make really good decisions for your company. Just like when you've learned anything, it just takes time and reps. So sit back, relax, grab a beer, a glass of wine, and replay this episode as many times as it takes. Grab your financials and walk through them as many times as it takes. None of us were born knowing how to do this. It comes faster for some than others. There's no question. But the format in which these, these documents are arranged, nobody's born knowing that stuff. So don't beat yourself up. If you struggle with this, just take a deep breath and just start. Just start immersing yourself in it. And if you already get it, awesome. Then, then in, fine-tune those skills, enhance those skills, because the more you can operate in this capacity, in this world, the more freedom you're going to have. So let's start with the basics. When we talk about cost of goods sold, what in the world are we talking about? Well, the goods sold are whatever the customer buys. It's the HVAC inst uh, installation. It's the carpet cleaning service. It's the house cleaning. It's the, the new water heater installation. It's the repair of the leaking pipe in the wall. It's whatever we do. The goods are the combination of the labor, materials, permits, subcontractors, whatever's involved. So we, when you hear goods, you could almost think services, although sometimes it's not just services. The new HVAC unit is not just services. It's, it's, it's a package. That is the goods. So when we talk about cost of goods, the goods is whatever the customer bought from us. So the cost of goods sold expenses are the expenses that are directly related to producing the goods we sell to our customers. This is why they're also called direct expenses. So cost, when you hear cost of goods sold expenses and direct expenses, they're the same thing. The cost of goods sold expenses are what it costs us to produce the goods we sell. So expenses that are not cost of goods, also acronym, COG, COG, you'll see that. You'll see COGS, which is cost of goods. Again, this stuff gets it gets unnecessarily confusing. COGS, cost of goods, direct, all the same thing. All right. So expenses that are not cost of goods are indirect or overhead expenses. Those words are interchangeable. Indirect expenses and overhead expenses are exactly the same. Indirect or overhead expenses, we would our expenses we would still have. If you looked at your financial document for the entire month and you didn't run a single service call, you didn't, you didn't fix a single thing. You didn't clean a single floor. You didn't, you didn't fix a single roof, whatever your thing is. If you didn't do a single one of those, the overhead or indirect expenses are the expenses you would still have. You would still have a marketing campaign. You would still have to pay your staff to run the office. You would still have to pay taxes. You still have to pay rent. You still have utilities. There's the overwhelming majority of things, expenses, not dollars, the majority of the expense categories we would still have if we didn't do a single revenue producing activity. We didn't put a single new water heater in. We didn't produce a single tax return for a CPA firm. If we didn't do any of those things, we still have these other overhead or indirect expenses. So back to our cost of goods sold. The biggest cost of goods for most of us, in fact, I imagine all of us, but for sure most of us, is direct labor. So direct labor is labor directly associated with what we sell. So if you're an electrical company, it's your electrician, but not your you're not your dispatcher. 
If you're a, a roofing company, it's the roofer, it's the roofing helper, it's the it's the person in the field doing the thing. It's not the accounts payable person. So overhead labor is not the same as direct labor. Indirect uh, labor, overhead labor, again, interchangeable, indirect and overhead. Those are your, your office staff, your office manager, whoever's answering the phones, your dispatchers, uh, your fleet guy. If you have a fleet person, these are all roles of people who are indirectly supporting the customer. They're not directly doing the revenue producing thing. So direct labor would be, of course, if you're, you know, against your electrical company, the electrician, the apprentice, maybe you have somebody delivering um, uh, stuff to the job. Those hours would be directly related to installing the thing. Like you have to drive the stuff there. So these are people in the field. Could also be supervisors. If you have working supervisors out in the field, you have superintendents. These are these are directly related to the revenue producing thing you're doing. Now, why do we want to separate direct and indirect labor? The reason is instead of having just labor as one category, and I've seen that and, and it's something I strongly recommend you get away from. And the reason is the gross margin, which we'll talk about in a minute, is arguably the most important number of the entire document. The entire profit and loss statement, I would say the gross margin is arguably the most important number. And you can't have an accurate gross margin number if you're combining all labor together. You don't separate direct labor from indirect labor. So we, you know, again, we'll get into this in a minute here, but the gross margin, I just want you to tattoo this on your, on your psyche. The gross margin is probably the most important number on the entire document. Now I know we look at the thing we go to the top line, how much, how much sales we do. We look at the bottom line, how much money we make. I know we do that. Fine. I'm okay with that. The third thing we should be looking at though, is the gross margin. And that's where it'll tell us the real story. All right. So we want to separate direct labor people in the field, people doing the thing from indirect labor. Along with direct labor, we're also in the cost of goods sold going to have things like materials, permits if there's if there's any of those, subcontractors, fuel, parking and tolls, disposal fees. And you might have other supplies, you know, you might have some chemicals you sell or some similar products, there might be other things. Uh, there might be a few more categories than the ones I've listed. If there are, there won't be many. There's some expenses that we that are not clear, you know, meaning that there's different opinions. Cell phones, for example, you could argue that well, cell phones are necessary to to do the thing because they're out in the field. They're 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 direct. Really, we, this is how we communicate with our people to do the thing. Okay, you can make that argument. You could also make the argument if you didn't run a single call, you have your cell phone bill. So I would say that's an overhead expense. Same with uniforms. Yeah, it's necessary for people who are doing the thing. If you didn't run a single call, you still have the uniform bill. So I would call those things overhead and indirect. Some folks, including your CPA or bookkeeper, might say, no, these are directly related. Like you have uniforms for the people who do it, do, do the thing. That's a direct expense. I Okay. It doesn't matter as long as you're consistent. And I, as, as long as we're consistent and more importantly, we're comparing our gross margin to somebody if we're, if we're comparing our gross margin to somebody in another company, we must be comparing ourselves to a company who has the exact same expenses in cost of goods as we do. So if you have a shop in Houston and you're doing 48% gross margin 
and somebody in Boston says they're doing 53%, but they don't include fuel in their cost of goods, you could incorrectly think that they're performing better than you. But in reality, you could be performing better than them. So on these things that are, you know, uniforms or fuel or or cell phones, like if, if your CPA tells you to, to put it in there, fine, put it in there. But if, if you're comparing your company against somebody else and you're specifically talking gross margin, which if you are comparing to another company, that is the number I would compare, not top line and bottom line. We just got to make sure we're comparing apples to apples, meaning they have the exact same expense codes in their cost of goods as we do. And they have the exact things, same things not in there. And it's not likely you're going to be like walking around showing your P&L compare. I get it. I get that. That's, that's not a thing that's going to happen a lot. It is going to happen though. As your company grows and you start going to maybe industry conventions or association meetings, these are, you will hear people talk about this gross margin. And again, we just have to be clear. Like you don't want to beat yourself up artificially or appraise yourself artificially. When you hear somebody saying they're at X gross margin and you're at Y gross margin, you're like, well, why is there so much better than ours? It could be an accounting thing where they just include things or don't include things that you do. So this is why this, this is where it matters if you're going to be comparing and you'll be doing more of that as your company grows. When you start out, you're not doing that at all. I totally get it. When you have 50 employees though, you will go to industry meetings, you'll go to conventions, you'll go to things like that, and you will talk about things like gross margin. So what is the gross margin, Brian? You've been talking about how important this thing is. What the heck is it? The gross margin is the percentage left after you subtract the direct or cost of goods expenses. So you do a $1,000 job. And I'm going to use a super simple example here for easy math. I understand it, it, it in the real world, it would not look like it wouldn't be this neat, but just bear with me for this simple example. You do a $1,000 job. You spend $300 in labor. You spend $142. You spend. Now, you don't charge this. You spend this, right? This is the key. This is what it costs me to do this job. I sell the job for $1,000. Here's what it costs me in direct or cost of goods expenses to do the job. $300 in labor. $142 in materials, $23 in fuel, $15 in disposal. Let's say that that was my my total. It cost me to sell this $1,000 job. That's $480 total. My gross margin would then be 52%. My gross profit would be $520 because $1,000 minus the $480 it cost me in direct expenses or cost of goods expenses, $480 off of 1000 is $520. So my gross profit in dollars, profit is dollars in this example, in, in, in this vernacular, gross profit is the dollars, 520. My gross margin is 52% because 520 is 52% of a thousand. So the gross margin, that 52% is the number that I think is the most important. We need to know, you need to know what your target gross margin is. Your target gross margin will tell you the vast majority of why you're profitable or you're not profitable. You need to know our target gross margin. Let's say your target gross margin is 55%. Okay, awesome. For some folks, it's 47%. Some folks, it's 50%. Some folks, it's 65%. For most of you, it's going to be somewhere around 45 to 55%, somewhere in that range, probably. Again, talk to your CPA. You guys work out at some kind of target. But it's the most important because it's the most immediate and meaningful influence you can have on your profit is in the cost of goods, like labor. Labor is like probably for most of us the biggest differentiator between 
being profitable and not profitable. The, the percentage we spend on direct labor versus what we sell the thing for is arguably like the most important, like the biggest influence we can have on whether or not we're profitable. So we don't separate that out. We can't tell month to month or year over year if we're improving, if we're getting worse, we're staying the same on these most important expenses, which are in the cost of goods. And I say again, they're most important because these are the things we can have the, the most impact on and immediately make changes. You can't make immediate changes on your rent. You can't make you can't make any changes on your taxes. You can't make any taxes on your or any change on your utilities. So, and you can have um, lesser impact changes you can make on overhead expenses. There's very few things that you can control in the overhead expense or the indirect category that will have an immediate and uh, influential change on your bottom line. So most of the things that we will have strict control over and can make immediate impactful change are in the cost of goods sold or direct expenses. And the bigger the company, the more important this is going to be. All right. More in that minute. First, if you wish you had a step-by-step blueprint to follow to do all the things we talk about on this podcast, I have great news. The Service Industry Success Path is a free guide I give to all listeners of this podcast. This guide will tell you exactly what stage your business is in what you should be focusing on right now and what you can expect in the next stage. If you want to know what you should be focusing on, or if, if you want to know when you should be focusing on process and procedures, it will tell you. Want to know what stage you should be focusing on your customers and which stage you should be focusing on employees? It tells you that. You want to know the handful of things that can you can focus on this week, this month, and this year so you can make the most progress the fastest way possible? Just go to serviceindustryguide.com and click on the button that says, get my free guide now. Don't worry. I'm not going to inundate you with spam. I literally send out one email a week that tells you what the podcast episode is. And uh, that's pretty much it. You can go to serviceindustryguide.com to get your free copy of the Service Industry Success Path. It's literally a step-by-step blueprint to walk you through the five stages we talk about here and all the things we talk about so you know exactly where you are, where you're headed, and what to focus on today. All right. So get with your CPA or bookkeeper to make sure you have your expenses organized between cost of goods or direct and overhead indirect expenses. Not only is it necessary to keep track of of performance in certain areas, it also makes your P&L easier to read and understand. If you just have labor lumped together, like here's our labor, what does that tell you? It doesn't tell you anything. However, when you learn, for example, that your range for direct labor should be somewhere between 29 and 32%, and all of a sudden you have a month where it's 34 and a half percent, you go, whoa, what happened? I can do something with that knowledge. This is the beauty of having these things organized in a way that they actually give you information that is useful and you can make decisions with. When it's all lumped together or incorrectly categorized, organized on the PL, it just makes it harder and it's and it's just a less effective tool. So get it organized in the way your CPA or bookkeeper says, here's how we should do it because of your industry. And again, if your if your CPA or bookkeeper says it doesn't matter, labor is labor and it doesn't need to be separated, you might want to find a CPA or bookkeeper who will be able to help your company grow and who understands your industry. If they're saying that, I'm sorry, they just don't have the approach that's going to help your company grow. You are going when you have 50 employees, you are going to or 20 employees, you're going to have to know how much you're spending on direct labor and how much you are spending on indirect labor. You're going to have to know what your gross margin is, and you can only do that if you have the proper expenses in the cost of goods category. Again, cost of goods 
is what it costs you as a business owner to provide the widget you sell. All right. So I hope this helps. Come back and listen to this thing as many times as you need to. Again, don't try to rush this. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get it naturally. This is, it's complex stuff, but you will get it. I promise. It just takes time and reps like anything else. It's like (laughs) the old cliche. It's literally like riding a bicycle. It is literally like learning how to ride a bicycle. You're going to fall and skin your knee sometimes. It's okay. Just get back on the bike and do it again. And pretty soon you're riding with no hands. It's just how it works. So take your time with this stuff. Listen to this episode as many times as possible. Understand the benefits are massive. And it gets so much easier when we have these things organized in the right way in how I'm describing it here. So don't forget to go to serviceindustryguide.com to get your free copy of the Service Industry Success Path so you can know exactly where your business is, exactly where you're heading, and exactly what to focus on right now. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, hit that subscribe or follow button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who is a business owner in the service industry, especially something like this. If you've heard somebody say, I don't understand my financials, this is a great episode to hit that forward button or copy link or whatever on your phone. Send it to a friend or colleague who's a business owner and say, hey, check this episode out. See if this doesn't help you. This is the kind, Who else is going to talk about this kind of stuff? <laughs> Nobody else gets into this kind of stuff because it's not very fun. It's the unglamorous stuff for people in unsexy industries. That's who I help. Share this podcast with somebody you know in that space, one of those spaces. Also, give us a rating review if you have a couple minutes. That would be really helpful. That's how we grow this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.